This week, starting on the 9th of August, a climate camp organised by Schliele in collaboration with local groups is taking place in County Leitrim. If you're thinking about heading up that way, this podcast will give you a brief summary of the many issues Leitrim is currently facing. If you're unfamiliar with these struggles, this can be sort of a primer for you. So the podcast has been on a bit of a break since the springtime. I've just been too busy with the day jobs to really keep on top of it. Uh, but the good news is that I'll be starting a new series soon on DDR, I think in September, just waiting to finalise the date. Uh, and that'll be a monthly show uh, where I'll host conversations with activists, researchers and educators, uh, different people from up and down the country, so keep your eyes out for that. But for now, I'll share some of this recording that I made at an event in Leitrim earlier in the summer. The event was called Making Relatives. Uh, we had activists visiting from the Lakota Nation in the so-called United States of America. Chaz, Jeshua and Lewis, they came over to meet with local activists up in Leitrim and, and in uh, Fermanagh and, and Antrim as well, I think. Now, historically, there's been, there's been great solidarity between the native people of the North American continent and the Irish people. And this visit was another expression of that, of that, that shared experience and that shared strength. You'll hear from them in an upcoming episode, but for now, I'm going to play some clips from the public talks that were given at that event. The local groups had a, a platform to speak before the visitors spoke, so... Uh, in this episode, you'll hear first from Jamie Murphy of Love Leitrim, the long-running anti-fracking group, James Gilmartin from Treasure Leitrim, a group formed to raise awareness of and resistance to proposed gold mining licences, gold, uh, gold prospecting, prospecting for gold, uh, and John O'Hagan from Save Dew Mountain, which is a campaign group trying to protect the bog lands of Dew, and finally from Justin and Brian of Save Leitrim, who are organising against monocrop forestry. You would have heard from many of these campaigns in the last uh, series of Turn and Earth, or, uh, last winter. And this is a bit more up to date. And this is the, the, the talks were good, some really uplifting stuff. And, you know, serious threats, serious things to be worked on. But there's there's great hope and there's great optimism there because uh, the, they have that fame winning, that self-respect and self-reliance and they know they can rely on each other. Uh, and it's a very strong community, very strong campaigns, um, but they will need our support ongoing. Leitrim face faces a great many, many issues, but I, you'll hear from these short, short talks now. The people are united, um, although they're organising across several different issues, different campaigns. They're all clear. They're all clear on that they're in it together, that they're fighting the same fight, ultimately fighting the same undemocratic ecocidal system, namely capitalist extraction. Now, if you want to really learn and really get involved and get stuck in, get yourself up to Manor Hamilton this week. It starts on Wednesday. Runs from Wednesday the 9th to Sunday the 13th. Uh, there'll be workshops, talks and music all week, culminating in a day of action on Sunday. Um, if you're listening to this and that date has already passed, uh, listen on anyway because these are ongoing campaigns and they will need our ongoing support. For From my perspective, I've been involved with um, Love Leitrim, an anti-fracking group for for well over 10 years. Um, it's something that when we heard about it first, we actually, um, we began to educate ourselves as a community, um, began to find out what fracking was because a lot of people didn't really know what, what, what it involved. Um, we, we began to get mobilized as a community uh, in trying to spread the message of, of the potential, not the potential, the definite dangers and threats that fracking would cause to our, to our area. Um, it was very much a, a cross community, um, campaign you know we people from different walks of life we had uh, farmers we had tourism providers fishermen um, the you know local politicians uh, just it was a very very broad based campaign that had um, very very big support 
And once we had the evidence and the, you know, the, the, the information based upon our research and the track record of the company in general, um, we began to, we, we realised quite quickly this was a, a bad uh, thing to be proposing for, for our, our area. So, but a, a, a key part of that uh, campaign was actually um, the international experiences and, and testimony and, solid, and, and solidarity from um, communities um, who were already had the fracking industry on the ground in their communities uh, in North America and in um, in Canada. We had, you know we had people like Jessica Ernst. We um, built solidarity with the Dakota protesters. So you know in, the international solidarity has always been a key key part of what we do and how we do it. Yeah, I mean I suppose in terms of of, of to, to date now, I mean, we thankfully, thanks to our campaign um, and the you know the support we had from the community, from our politicians, um, and you know we, we delivered thankfully a national uh, ban on fracking in, in 2017, um, which is it was a fantastic achievement and it showed the the strength and power that communities can have, no matter how small your community might be or uh, no matter where you're located, that you can make. Um, effective change um, in your area, you know, because we would never have thought when we first mobilised at Lovely from that we were going to help bring forward and play a key role in actually delivering national policy change on, on, on banning fracking. So it showed that it can be done and that companies, whether they're from, um, I suppose, the fossil fuel industry or, or forestry or, you know, whatever it might be, that they might have financial resources and lawyers and, and you know, those kind of things. But you know, if, if you're mobilised and you've got community support, you're more and more than capable of, of keeping those um, um, companies and extractive industries out of your communities. So it showed, we showed that it can be done. And, you know, Leitrim, as you're going to hear from the other speakers here tonight, um, Leitrim has a, has, a, has a great track record in actually, uh, you know, standing up to these industries. Um, there's a great community spirit here. Uh, people get mobilised, get organised. And I think that's, we're, we're quite lucky to have that. It's a special thing to have. And in terms of whether it's the forestry companies or, or now the mining um, or industrial wind farms, it's that the people do get organised and, you know, we can stand up and, and, and win. And that's an important message to take. Now, I mentioned there that we actually did um, get a ban on fracking in 2017. Um, but the, as a group, we haven't gone away. Um, it, there's still a huge amount of issues we, we campaign on where some of our members are involved in the campaigns here. Um, we have still the ongoing threat of, of fracking in Northern Ireland. You know, there's no ban on, on, on fracking there. That's, so we have to be, remain vigilant about that um, because as we know, fracking you know, isn't going to recognise any um, borders um, if it happens across the road or across the border, um, it's going to affect us as much here. So that's something that we have to remain vigilant about. And we, we, we do, we're working with our colleagues in, in, in the groups um, in the north on that. A secondary issue is related to the fracking ban. Um, you know, we banned fracking because of the, the impact it has on, on climate, on communities, on, you know, existing industries, water quality, air quality, all those things, and, and public health. And we, we banned that on, on, on evidence, you know, on an evidence base. Um, so, I mean, at the minute, we're still involved in the campaign to make sure that LNG or fracked gas um, is not brought into our energy mix uh, via projects um, like in, in, in the Shannon Estuary uh, through companies like Shannon LNG. Um, that's, that's a hugely important issue at the minute uh, because there's live applications there. There's an energy security review due uh, shortly. 
Um, and it would be absolutely hypocritical and unethical that if we sat back and, you know, slapped ourselves on the back for, for ban and fracking, but yet if we have a government, whether it's this government or a future government, that then allows the importation of frack gas from other impacted communities to come into our energy mix, uh, we can't stand over that and we have to make sure that doesn't happen. And that's down to Eamon Ryan, it's down to the government, and it's, it's down to any future government to ensure that does hap doesn't happen. Uh, it's completely, um, it would be completely hypocritical to do that. Um, so, you know, please do keep yourself informed of that campaign, uh, because it is a live campaign, it's really, really important. And um, if you want to get, you can get in touch with some of the groups here, or um, Safety for LNG, and they will let you know what is, is, is actually going on at the minute. So that's just a bit of context of the work uh, we're doing at the at the minute uh, within Love Leitrim. I'm just going to wrap up now. In I suppose in terms of, if you look around the room here today, we have we have people from all walks of life. We have people from different groups, different issues, different campaigns. Our international visitors. Um, there's a really, really powerful group of people here today, and it's important to remember that you know all our campaigns are interconnected and linked. And the fight is the same, whether it's against mining or fracking or forestry in North Leitrim. It's the same fight as the fight against the pipelines in, in North America, um, the fight in Europe against uh, new coal um, plants. Um, all of those things are the same fight. It's the, it's, it's the battle between communities and trying to build a sustainable future for, for all of us, for this generation and for the next uh, or the interests of the extractive industries and the fossil fuel companies who don't have the interests of our community at, at heart. We know that. We know they come to our communities, they try to divide people, they promise jobs, they promise money, um, they promise you know, resources. Um, but we know that's only a temporary thing and the long-term damage of letting those companies into our communities is, is, is unimaginable. But if we look around, we, we, we do have strength and power here to, to resist that. We've done it before with fracking. You know, they thought they were going to roll in um, and, you know, Leitrim probably seen as a small place, small population, we're going to, you know, have an easy ride here and we'll be set up. And that wasn't the case because people got organised and thankfully that's been the case with all the other threats that are presenting themselves here at the minute. Um, but we have to keep working together on a local, national and international um, basis. Um, if we, ha we have no choice, if we, if we want to build a sustainable future for, for anybody, for children, grandchildren, whoever it might be, we have to make sure we win and do this. And, and, and the only way we're going to do that is like by events like this, there's a packed room here, um, and, and to continue on the struggle, making those connections locally, nationally and internationally. And, you know, today is a good example of how we're doing that. And, but we have no choice. We have to win. Thank you. Um, so, for those of you that don't know me, my name is James Gilmartin. Um, I'm a local farmer and teacher, uh, teacher in Bundoran. Um, and uh, I, at the moment, I'm a chairperson of Treasure Leach, and that doesn't really mean a whole pile only that I'm one of the people involved in it. Um, so, without getting into the whole how Kings came about, there's currently a prospecting license, prospecting license being granted for the region, uh, and that's of major concern. The license has been granted. So, currently, what we're trying to do is um, make sure that local landowners, they're the last line of defence at the moment, um, stop access for prospectors. Now, um, there's a currently a law coming into Parliament to be commenced 
that removes that right. So it's an injunction that's been passed in the new Minerals Act in 2017. So I guess if I had to say anything for the time being with um, the gold mining, that's something that we're fighting very strongly against um, because that removes you know, landowners. And I use the word owners very, very loosely. We're land protectors, we're land minders minders uh, for future generations like it's not we were it was passed on to us to farm sustainably and that's what we're doing in our part of the world so I guess I was asked to bring something in today so I brought in some eggs and some honey that we make on the farm bit of self-promotion here now when I get the chance um, no uh, but uh, it's basically look we farm our, we're an organic farm but I kind of farm regeneratively I, I especially the hens uh, you move them regularly you're trying to sequester carbon, you never bear soil, there's kind of a, there's a thinking behind it, but it's like how things would have been done back in the day and when farms worked and farms fed themselves and then fed their community and came out of that. And I'm very, very proud of that stuff. If gold mining was going to happen in the area, well then you couldn't stand over that. You couldn't give that to your children, you and then obviously you couldn't give it to your community. So it's very, very important to me with that. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to say was, like all of these things are very, very, um, I won't say hysteria, that's the wrong word, but you know when there's a real concern with these things. But if you peel it back, and I'm always conscious when, uh, I won't say middle-aged men, I don't get middle-aged yet, but when men start talking about love, uh, you're like, what are you looking for here now? But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's love for the land, it's love for the plants, it's love for the animals, uh, it's love for where you came from. I mean, that's where it comes from. You know, it's not, it's, and we're stressed and we're worried, but when you feel that way, realize why it is. And what everyone has here together, is really really important um, so yeah that's that's kind of the message that I'd say like just remember why we're doing it uh, and together we're, we're really really strong and the whole concept of the folks trip is making relatives and building relationships and you know I look at Eddie down there like three years ago I'd have met Eddie in the Martin and first thing farmers would talk about would be the weather maybe the price of sheep and that'd be it you know and now like we're ringing regularly not just Eddie loads of people just caught my eye there uh, you know, talking about some minor injunction law and whatever, and we're going through it in detail and you're worried about this and we have to ring this guy and we have to do that. And again, you peel it all back, why are you doing this? Because you love where you're from. So that's really, really important. And I think, I know there'll be a round of, well, I hope there'll be a round of applause, but let's give each other a round of applause before the next speaker. So well done everyone, and we'll chat to you later on, all right? My name is John O'Hagan. I'm a proud representative of the Save Doa Mountain Group here today. Uh, all of us are environmentalists here, but what we believe something has gone very wrong at the heart of Ireland's plan to decarbonise the economy. On a mountain just outside of this town, you will see three 125 metre high turbines built on upland blanket bog, much like the ones in Mean Bog, Donegal where a landslide occurred three years ago during the construction of a wind farm. That dried portion of bog is now emitting carbon, not storing it. In 2010, planning permission for 10 turbines of the same size was denied by Onboard Panola due to obvious concerns over stability. A company called Future Energy now plans to erect 18 turbines at almost double the height, much taller than the Dublin Spire, on a sensitive landscape across the very same mountain named Doha. Whichever way uh, you look at it, something has gone very wrong here. Bogs, carbon stores, are being targeted for wind farm development. The only reason this is being considered is for financial gain. 
Gain not for this locality, but for those not in any need. Land is cheap, the people are few, and the profit is great. This mountain serves as a vital link connecting Loch Melvin, Latoon Loch, and Loch McNean through a network of rivers, streams, and estuaries, most undocumented. It provides a sanctuary for a dwindling, supposedly protected, community of native wildlife, comprised of slate rock and blanket bog, a testament to what needs protecting and rewilding in this country. We find ourselves at a crucial moment in history, facing unprecedented challenges and uncertainties. It is imperative that we decarbonize and transition to a cleaner, more sustainable way of preserving this world. However, the path laid out by those in power today merely attempts to prop up a broken system, a system based on extraction and perpetual growth in a finite world. If we look at it objectively, these numbers are simple. An ever-increasing rate of growth, in contrast to limited resources, will never align. But there is an opportunity here, an opportunity to forge a different path. It is a chance to reclaim shared land, to foster community-led renewable initiatives, and learn how to coexist with nature rather than exploit it. Recently, I had a chat with my dad about a childhood memory. I asked him about harvest time and if our neighbours helped out. Without hesitation, his answer was yes. This tradition is known as mehel. still holds true in certain corners of Ireland today, embodying the spirit of community coming together for a common goal. Evolutionary biologist Lynn Magulis stated that symbiosis, rather than competition between species, is actually the primary driving force behind evolution. As she put it, life did not take over the globe by combat, but by networking. Our group hopes to be one of many working together to change what is flawed with the state's energy policy and make a positive impact on the envir our environment. Together, we can create a better future for our children and our children's children. There can be so much to look forward to, but communities need to lead the way towards a just transition. It's time to talk about the elephant in the room, stand up to bullies, be stewards of change, and architects of a sustainable tomorrow. Thank you. I'm chairman of the Save Leitrim Group. I have a passion for Leitrim. I despise the way that our county has been abused over the years. It's non it has been not relentless for probably the last uh, nearly two decades. From fracking to what well, has been forestry for probably four decades or five. Um, the sad thing about it is we have been exploited. And governments, one government after another, has, has exploited us and continue to exploit us. Um, it's very important to understand Leitrim because there's only a population of 35,000. The largest town in Leitrim is Carrigan Shannon and there's only 3,500 people living on the Leitrim side of the bridge. So we are a very rural, very fragmented uh, group of people. And for that reason, and probably that reason alone, the scene is as, as a soft target. We probably were slow getting off the mark. We, as a young fella, we were out protesting about forestry, but we weren't, we weren't joined up. We hadn't the joined up thinking that we have today. And the, it's, I'm very enthused and very excited to see the amount of people here and the young people. And there's an energy in the room that's probably second to none. Forestry in Leitrim, 20% uh, of our county is planted. That's 20% of uh, the total area. 
It's probably between 35 and 40% of the agricultural land that's planted with Sitka spruce. It's an alien species that has destroyed our environment, it has destroyed our communities, and it has destroyed our rivers and lakes. Uh, the older people would tell you that our rivers and lakes were full of fish you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. That is not the case today. The toxic uh, needles and the acidification of the water has been det detrimental. Um, we have, as a group, we started out about five years ago. Uh, we are a recognised environmental and biodiversity group. We have taken two high court cases. We have challenged the state on the abuse that was going on in relation to forestry. And we're, we're like the orphan child. Leitham is like the orphan child, just passed around and passed around. And unfortunately, the people now today have adopted that child. That child is Leitrim. And we will fight every day and every, of every week of every year until we get justice for our county. Thank you. I'll hand you over to Brian now. Thank you, Justin. Thank you all. Um, I brought my daughter along today. So um, I went to my first protest with my father. <laughs> 37 years ago, uh, in, in opposition to a plantation near where we lived in South Leitrim. Uh, so the, the campaign on the forestation, and particularly the Sitka spruce forestation of the county is long running. It is well embedded in the state, in industry, in investments, in all sorts of ways. Uh, and of course, there's a huge amount. I think there's 75 million Sitka trees in the county. It's, as Justin said, it's well over 33. It's one in every three hectares of the available land in the county. So it's a very embedded um, sector. There's a huge amount of money uh, involved and a lot of people to make money out of it. And it's pushing our communities, pushing our people, the services, um, schools and just pushing people off the land so if you plant a farm that farm does not interact in the community the farmer doesn't go to the shops the farmer isn't needing uh, a vet isn't needing all the services that uh, are, are purchasing in the community so it, it there's an economic decline no young people come in to live there, so the schools are not needed. So we see communities now where there's very high levels and high percentage of forestry now in serious decline. And once the population tips to a certain level, the decline is inevitable and complete, and, and will complete. And that's where it's going in Leitrim. So I suppose a lot of people are concerned about that, and organised came together, a very diverse group of people, about 20, 25 people, have leading it, but we've got great support from the community. So in any week, we meet every second week, meet in Drumshambo, in person if at all possible, and we're fundraising, we're taking court cases, we're objecting and commenting on forestation, roads, licenses, and on um, felling licenses every week. It, costs, <coughs> it now costs 20 euros to make the observation, 200 euros to make the appeals. And we've spent, I think, well, over 10,000 euros last year on doing that alone. And what we're finding is that I think it's 37 of the last 38 licenses that were approved were all sent back by the Forestry Appeals Committee in Leitrim. So there are serious issues. Most of them are environmental issues um, with the licensing process. 
there's a very significant democratic deficit in that we do not have a say in how this industrial scale um, invasion of our county takes place because it's exempted development. It does not fall under the planning authority, so there's no democratic input. It's decided by foresters mainly in the forest service based in Wexford, and they issue the licenses. There are now 30 ecologists in the forest service. When we started five years ago, there was one. So we have created change, but it's very slow. We recently, Justin, myself, and two others went to the commission in advance of the state aid approval for the new forestry program, and we have certainly contributed to delays there. So you will be hearing in the media about the delays. And I suppose what I would see is, similar to my experience in the disability sector, looking for equality, inclusion, equity, there are very serious othering of people involved in campaigns like this. We heard from our friends in OMA who said that the police were harassing them uh, here in this hall probably last year. We know that we've been targeted to an extent by the industry, um, by politicians in fact, and a lot of people are very embedded in this. They're very vested in the sector, and so we're fighting against a huge amount of money and power. And it, it can be very hard and frustrating to do that, but I can, I can see from the inside of this campaign that a small group of people can be seriously effective. Like the European Commission certainly listened to us on our community concerns, on our environmental concerns, and they've certainly taken them on board. And a small number of people helped make that possible. And we have linked very strongly with a huge amount of other groups. I know that the, the chairpersons of our groups are meeting regularly and the collegiality is vital to building a platform that we can spread the power that we have and influence change. And that's really what we're there to do. We certainly know that's happening. It's very slow, like I've, 37 years is a long time. Forestry issue won't be solved probably in my lifetime. So I suppose my daughter and my two daughters may get involved in the campaign in the future. But it is for the future, and it is all these campaigns are for people in the future to make a better place for everybody and to make sure that this place is sustainable and um, a good place to live in the future. So that's it for now. Before I finish, I'd like to recommend a recent episode of the Book of Leaves podcast. Now, I'd never heard this podcast before. Um, I just heard this recently. But they recently did an excellent interview with uh, Eddie Mitchell of Treasure Leitrim. So if you want to hear more about that campaign and the other campaigns ongoing in Leitrim and more about the upcoming camp, check out that episode. And lastly, if you're in a position to subscribe to the podcast, if you can spare a few quid a month, please go over to patreon.com forward slash turning earth and sign up. There's a few different options there and you get access to full-length interviews and audiobooks that are for patrons only. And once again, the climate camp is taking place near Manor Hamilton uh, between the 9th and the 13th of August. That's this Wednesday to this Sunday. And if you want to get some more information about that, go to climatecampireland.ie or follow Schliele on Instagram. Slangofol. <laughs>